Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 1. Let's try to read this without, for some of us at least, the familiarity of this story. Try to get into that first encounter on that first Easter morning. The heading, The Resurrection. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings. Peace, he said. They came to him clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them a second time, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And then the chapter ends with that resounding clarion call to the church the Great Commission. Let me ask you a question. Some of you, this, you are too young. And perhaps for others, maybe a little bit uncertain. When, if ever, have you spoken to a person who has died. Well, we've been doing that just now. Jesus died. And he's alive. And has left you these unique credentials. An empty grave. But I'm after a little more than that. On the 29th of September... 2010, with my three brothers, we went to Morriston Hospital and I spoke to my father. He had his Sunday best suit on, his favourite tie, and a lovely white shirt. He looked 
good. The trouble is, he was in the mortuary of Morriston Hospital. It was the night before his funeral. Speaking to somebody who has died is a very humbling thing. He looked alive, looked well. I'm sure as I spoke to him, his eyes flickered, but they didn't. And the next day, he was buried alongside my mother. Speaking or being with people who have died is a very humbling thing. Our society increasingly protects us from that. You just, if somebody dies, you call the undertaker. The undertaker takes the loved one away and then... But in these days, the loved ones would embalm the body. It was an expression of their love and devotion for their family. So come with me. Stay with that image. Share your innate frailty and mortality because you are made of the same stuff as my father and everybody else. This first Easter morning at a graveside, the garden tomb, the first thing that comes to you is this. In verse 1, the women were convinced, as I was, in visiting the mortuary, Jesus was dead. He was dead. They saw him die. Death is a terrible thing because it is so absolute and compromising and final. They knew that. So they were coming to embalm his body as this token of expression. Of course, it was one of the things that uh, the Magi had brought for Jesus. That itself was a prophetic expression of his death. And so you see here in verse 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. They knew that. But the next staggering statement, He's not here. He's not here. He has risen. Could you imagine? Even allowing for some phenomena of out-of-body experience or people who have gone into a deep, deep coma, this is in a different league altogether. So here's something I want to leave with you. Whenever the Lord Jesus wants to do something new in our lives, personally, he has to give us a negative. And some of you need this tonight, and it's this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. How extraordinary that needs to be said. And actually, you can see it has to be said twice in the course of these verses. Secondly, they heard that he was alive. And even though Jesus said he would rise from the dead many times, 
that which they heard and that which they were experienced, somehow there seemed to be a, what we call a disconnect. Yeah, I've heard it. Yes, I know that. But really, it doesn't happen. They didn't expect it. And the angel invites them to the tomb. So, there's a progression. Do you see it? Don't be afraid. And then, in verse 6, come and see for yourself. Come and see. And here is the unique thing for all Christian people down through the centuries, whatever the shades of denomination and uh, forms of baptism and government and all that sort of thing, and all the variety that there is among Christian people. Here's a unique, distinctive thing, which is the benchmark of believers. Don't be afraid. Come and see. Go and tell. Go and tell. You see that in verse 7. Then quickly, go and Tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you. And he does that for us. How many of us have experienced the Lord in different situations going ahead of us? I was talking to Alexandra last Sunday and I love this uh, account of Lord Coggan who was speaking at St. Mary's University Church in Oxford, celebrating 100 years of the Bible Reading Fellowship. He was a great advocate that the, the Church of England were training uh, vicars and for the clergy that they should read more. But he said, alas, they not only reading less, but many are like Arctic rivers, frozen at the mouth. Never forgotten that. And I said to him at the door, Baptists too are frozen at the mouth. Well, here it is. This is the opposite. Go and tell. Don't be like an Arctic river. Go and tell. Go and tell. So the women thought Jesus was dead. They heard he was alive. And finally, and lastly, they met the living Jesus personally. They met the living Jesus personally. So look at verse 8. For the women hurried away. Incidentally, with all the discussion going on in the church, these are the first evangelists of the early church. Interesting note to discuss, I'm sure. So the women hurried away, verse 8, from the tomb. And here's these conflicting emotions. Isn't it interesting? Afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. They met the living Jesus personally. And whatever the blessings some of us are privileged to have with uh, Christian parents or praying friends, or maybe children who've come to faith and parents who are not a bit like what Grant was saying. What a great thing to meet Jesus personally, to know him, 
to have an encounter with him. So this Easter, the challenge that when you obey, and look at the way that they did it, they did in verse 8 what the angel said, afraid yet filled with joy. There's no arrogant self-confidence, I know everything and I can answer all the questions. No. Afraid. It's filled with joy. He comes to you. He comes to you through Christian friends, through praying parents, through providence. He comes to you through tragedy. The paralysis of a friend or the sudden diagnosis of an illness. And at that point, and it's a pivotal point at what, at, at, at where the faith becomes active or passive. Tragedy can be a turning point where you say, I don't understand, but now all that I have is naked trust. Nothing else. And I may live out the rest of my life and die and never know, but I'm going to trust you. Why? Because I've met Jesus personally. The danger, of course, all of this is theoretical. It's simply in the Bible. And yes, in a sense, it's true, but somehow it's the disconnect. You must believe for yourself. And lastly, this first Easter morning, go and tell. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. How interesting that those who were last to leave the cross were the first to come to the tomb. And they met Jesus. And he says to them, Shalom. Peace. Peace. And he continues to do that. And he does that now. So what's the conclusion of all of this? Well, if you like, it's quite simple. The A, B, C and D, if you like, of the Christian gospel. A, admit your sin. Don't try to, as Linda was saying, be good enough. Talking to somebody recently who wanted to become a Christian said, I, I won't be able to keep it up. No, you won't. Because you can't. That's why you need a saviour. Admit your sin. Tell God that you are sorry. B. Believe that Jesus died for you. He's taken your sin upon himself on that cross. And he's alive today. And see, consider that cost. Think about it again. Of living as a follower of Jesus. With all of your fears and uncertainties and failings. 
And what about the deeds? Do something about it. Do something about it. Hand over your life to God. Do that. Ask Him. And there is a beginning of an encounter of a life lived out with all of its challenges. Have you spoken to a person who has died? You can speak to Jesus. I died. And I am alive forevermore. And you can trust him.